0: Just sitting, being with oneself, which is being with the nature, being with the life of the universe, know its form. this morning look at they will look at the subject of self inquiry investigation and how can and how one can usefully employ reflection or reviewing of a situation to help increase one's self-knowledge and understanding. And also in this talk, we want to examine vibrations, which is quite frequently and commonly referred to, especially by those who belong to the counterculture. First see what self-inquiry and why it is most significant. It's an excellent means to free the mind from its blockages or its hang-ups or its neurosis or whatever it has and of course it brings about A much better relationship between oneself and others, between oneself and the things that are around one. And it is something which can be used perhaps more easily than formal meditation. Now, what does self-inquiry actually involves what is necessary to a degree is some relaxation of the mind some quietness of the mind which helps one to stand back sufficiently in order to look at some situation, some position or some attitude which is influencing or dominating one's life and of course in terms of relaxation methods and techniques there are a wide variety including meditations, including breathings, including dance, including long walks all of this helps to get energy flowing in the body and to bring more harmony into the, the body and that just gives one a, a sufficient degree of uh, ability to look more quick, more easily and effectively at a situation So, easily we tend, something happens in our life Uh, which has an effect or makes some mark upon the mind and then other things become of interest or which we get involved in and we forget to look at what actually took place in that situation we don't know how to properly utilise every every major life experience in the best possible way because most of what happens mostly we have such a a whole wide variety of interests that our attention then goes on to something new or it goes on to the future so we don't draw from our experiences in life and people then so often and so easily say oh life is a, a great teaching One my uh, my experiences are my are my teacher but often they're just words which are banded around and nobody or few people have really seen how life is the very teaching and how every experience no matter how devastating it may be how tragic how unfortunate how difficult it came may be it can be transformed it can be utilized it can be taken hold of and worked with no matter how difficult it may be in terms of body and sickness and illness and accident and whatever or in terms of mind and all the catastrophes that can take place in the mind any one of them can be used and can be, undergo a transformation one who is engaged in bringing about a transformation is called a tantric it is the great practice it's the very highest practice and every single thing can be worked with nothing is too great One needs to be patient, persevering. That is there, but it comes... Once one has made the decision, yes, it can be worked. That is what transformation is. That is what Tantra is all about. Now, in terms of the uh, actual inquiry, one needs to take hold of some specific situation which has recently occurred in one's own life which has affected one the definition of an experience the actual definition of an experience is something which affects one something which touches one which moves one. We call that an experience. So one takes hold of a specific experience which is initially which is different from the usual one, the ordinary experience, and see, try to see clearly what happened. What it can, or it may be, a particularly exhilarating experience where one starts to speak in these, um, uses these concepts of fantastic, wonderful, too much, far out and the mind often sees something there, invariably the projecting element, sees something there which is not there but the mind likes to build up on. So, an experience which one determines as being something special in the pleasant field, one looks at very carefully. Because just as the mind can build something up, so the mind can go the other way and uh, fall into a great pit of despair and difficulty by building up something about that situation. So, in other words, one would seize hold of what one calls a very wonderful, pleasant, pleasing experience, or its opposite, the unpleasant, the difficult, the hard experience, and begin to work with that. Working with it means initially getting oneself more centered, more still, quiet to some degree, that may not be for some days after, or it may be the very same day. One takes that opportunity when one feels quiet, clear, and then looks back. Exactly what went on. One has to take into consideration the surrounding circumstances the other, or the thing that was around one, or the posture of the body, or the state of the mind, and see how it all was actually uh, functioning and working, how the body itself was expressing itself, the type of thoughts that came through, the sort of words that one used if one spoke. The very tone of the language, the feeling content that went into the speech, that went into the mind. Looking, just bringing it to mind, bringing it to mind, bringing it to mind. So what, what becomes, or what was a very congested, solid experience which affected one particularly, one finds or puts brings to mind all the different areas of it, all the little (coughs) minor apparently inconsequential things around that situation one looks at them one at a time that whole looking at one thing at a time is a dismantling of an experience it's like a car engine, you take it apart and you just untie it, unravel it, and leave it at that. It is not that in the actual reflecting, reflection, that one actually is searching for something, or that one is looking for some hidden cause, way back in one's past, in one's childhood, or anything like that. Certainly some clues may come from doing that. But in the actual doing of it, one may just start touching on some of these resistances again. Some of these attitudes. And one can often rest assured that when the mind tries to throw one off with an indifferent attitude, or I couldn't care less, or it doesn't matter, or I should get on with what I'm doing. When one is being thrown off by by that, it shows often, or indicates, one is getting closer to something. One is actually touching something. But the ego, in its defensiveness, in its struggle to maintain itself, will do all sorts of things to keep one away. All defense mechanisms. And in fact, the more difficult the thing to look at, the more quickly one can penetrate into it. The more quick, more easily it is to see what took place. Because the experience has made such an impact upon one. A great deal of self knowledge and self-learning can take place. <clears throat> and and one spends however long one sees is necessary maybe it's five minutes, maybe it's ten minutes maybe it's twenty minutes, maybe it's longer and then one finishes with that, one gets on with whatever one has to do and then looks at it again maybe leaves it a day maybe leaves it a couple of days just leaves a sufficient space and then reflects again goes over the same thing again finding out what was taken from It is one way in which one gains and, and utilizes life experiences. And again, if it is done in the spirit of, from this I am going to learn something. And one may gain vipassana, one may gain insight from that, and of course the insight that one gains may be painful. One learns something from that and it may hurt to find out something more about oneself. It may be quite, quite painful in fact. But still it is self-learning and there is growth taking place. The Buddha said, in this area, with regard to insight and self-knowledge. There are four types of being. One type goes quickly and happily in terms of growth, development, in terms of coming to profound, liberating knowledge. One goes quickly and happily. That's the first type. The second type goes quickly but painfully The third type goes slowly but happily And the fourth type... (laughs) The fourth type goes slowly and painfully But "Ah!" (laughs) it's... That's just where I fit. The slow and painful type. (laughs) But there are four types. And people often, uh, those who are familiar with that, that passage, think of it in terms of, oh, just body pain. Oh, the pain of the posture, the pain of the sitting the pain of exercising etc etc but it also refers just as much in fact probably much more so with regard to the mind in other words to grow and to develop it may be painful but still growth is taking place when one is accepting the truth of where one is and looking at utilizing experience even just in a little way, a little way and with everybody here it is already taking place if it wasn't you couldn't possibly be here if there wasn't the whole, the spirit of inquiry there already no one could possibly get here so it is already a direction and a driving force and a motivation in that way and miraculously it hasn't been snuffed out by the society, by our condition. Like a little, little child you meet. Children so often have wonderful. They are born with inquiry. They want to know. Mommy, mommy, where did I come from? Mommy, mommy, what does God look like? Mummy, mummy, where will I go when I die? Mummy, mummy, what is heaven like? Mummy, mummy, why are you and Daddy always fighting? <coughs> mummy, 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 why are you always crying? Mummy, why, 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 why? The very spirit of the child, not in all children, but in many children, is one of asking questions. But mummy or Daddy often doesn't seem to know the answer. Because somewhere along the line they've either suppressed or been conditioned out of asking. Or they accept the words of others and are content with that. And it's to keep that very, very spirit. Why is it so? How is it that things are like this? Why is it that this operates? Why is it that there is this communication, this lack of communication? And not just to be content or satisfied with the first first things that roll off the mind. To get to the deeper regions and the deeper layers of the mind where the best of understanding can be gotten. It means that the mind slowly but gradually must become a more supple instrument must become more more fluid more wieldy more malleable to allow things to come up from those deeper regions and that is all where work and growth and development takes place so in terms of reflection one way which we've referred to is with regard to specific activities which have taken place which one puts under the label of personal experiences and looks at them clearly objectively and then there's another way too of in terms of gaining value and uh, for one's own development and that is taking specific subject matters which relate to life or the fields of existence and working with those. For one person, especially something, let us say, which again, from time to time, has a certain effect on one. We might take death. to the very strong. A person takes the concept death and, uh, and holds that concept with them and find out what it means. Another person may take love. Another person um, anger. Another person generosity. Uh, another person communication. Another person a person living. Another person being high, being low. Taking, taking some particular aspect of living and the living situation and maintaining one thing it. All of this helps to expand oneself. It helps to open oneself. Again, again, with that also, as much as with anything else, too easy, too quickly can be dismissed or never mind or dropped or a certain persistence in that area is necessary and all of this activity but in terms of meditation which we are concentrating on in terms of self-inquiry, in terms of living from one situation to another is that has been mentioned so many times is to see and know things as they are to have a mind which is clear and direct. I was speaking with uh, someone this morning um, with regard to regard to this in terms of being direct in terms of directness. And it's the thing again which uh, arises so many times because there is lack of Clarity, in one way or another, the, a situation, say in a household, can be one which there is a certain togetherness there, but actually, and too often, it's on a rather superficial sort of level. And in this particular case, the person had um, made reference how perhaps some people in the household um, are not pulling their weight. The some people, some some people they're fine, they're nice people, easygoing, relaxed people, but very indifferent or lazy or dirty you know, untidy and so on and so forth. And and other people in the same house feel it. And the situation now I'll just take it out of the, that particular instance that the person referred to but uh, now speak in a more general way which may not in fact refer to this situation but what can easily happen so often does that the situation drifts on nobody really says anything about it and it may work out that it becomes a a joke of, about it or perhaps the individuals concerned one or two of them just sulk about it the others uh, are quite uh, indifferent or don't even recognise that their behaviour pattern is upsetting the general harmony or whatever and as I say people so easily when it is brought up people laugh or joke don't take it seriously and it's because that the people in that situation are simply not looking at a situation clearly. So, if one is in that situation, and especially if one is seeing fault, seeing something is wrong, in terms of being clear in oneself, the first thing that one must ask oneself is, am I being too fussy? Sometimes one just asks, am I being too fussy? But if it's, the question is being asked at the time the mind is restless and upset it's going to justify or rationalise oneself one way or the other. It's either going to say, oh no, I shouldn't bother, I should let it go. It's not worth it. It's only going to cause upset. Or one says, I'm going to say something to that fellow, it's about time I'm sick of the way that person acts but and so either one goes one way or the other way the superiority attitude or the inferiority attitude through lack of clarity a lack of inquiry into what's going on with oneself (coughs) so one sees the situation and one recognises this person is very untidy indifferent, leaves everything in a mess it's not conducive or helpful to anyone and the person doesn't seem to recognise it if one sees that and is looking objectively there is the fact of that then if one sees that and one has clarity it seems to me common sense is to go and speak it's not to roll in thoughts about do it or not do it is to go and say to that person this i observe i see this very clearly very most important very precisely exactly what one sees and nothing else not a shade of exaggeration not a shade of it might lead to this or everybody is mad or fuming or it makes me so mad and things like that that is useless the person will react; will be defensive or whatever. It is to say this fact. I observe. Look at it. And if one is very careful in the choice of words and factual, and doesn't move away from what one sees, most often people appreciate. It. Most often people. If they know you're clear and straight and direct and utterly truthful, they will appreciate it. If they don't, that are always course cases. If the person doesn't, if the person really reacts, starts to blow their lid or whatever, it means that you've touched something. You have touched an unsolved problem with that person. You have hit something because of their reaction, because there's been a wound, and you hit it right on the head it's something that they haven't resolved haven't looked at it generally the reaction is not usually in that way and a person may abuse you, may condemn you, may find find fault in you or whatever that certainly may, may well go on and all of that one just has to accept and acknowledge but if one has really been utterly truthful, utterly clear, and said exactly what one sees, if that person has a little bit of openness, a little bit of sensitivity, though so the effect of it, they may well be coming back to you after some time, some days, and saying, yes, you're right. Thank you. It happens many, many times. Perhaps they don't. Perhaps they what you say but if you know it, it is a complete fact, because you see it just and in such a case, just a few words are necessary at the point. if one suspects however, it's the other that is, it, it's just a finicky sort of attitude of uh, one is too too fussy one has got some sort of obsession about the way things should be done or the way people should behave or speak or do whatever if one sees it's just one's own problem being projected out there that means that one has to start working with that problem one's got to take that that attitude of mind and, and look at it work with it and see how it gets related to the circumstances around it. but the point is of that firstly detachment stand back to some degree even if it means just waiting to one really begins to cool out and then reflection looking at the situation and if one decides act it's much much better people will, will respect one's voice and one will won't be living at this artificial, superficial sort of level where one often doesn't speak directly because one is frightened of what the other might say what one, what the other might think of one clarity in this, openness in this and that actually also of course is to be a good friend to oneself and it is to be a good friend And it has been said in the, in the text, in the scripture, with regard to what is a good friend, a good friend is one who points things out to you which you do not see. That is a good friend. And what is a bad friend? A bad friend is one who flatters you. One who praises you up, builds you up to be something. It is no friend good friend is one who is honest and direct to point things out to face. If they see, and if one sees it is there with oneself, then to work with it. To work with it. Such a one is Patrick. Then, also with, mm, with regard to mm, communication, with regard to understanding, and it also includes an aspect of inquiry that makes reference to vibrations. Vibrations are something which is very, very commonly used and for some people plays a very central part in their way of relating. One needs in this area to be quite sure about objective and subjective seeing. Otherwise, the involvement in vibrations can be a source of mischief or trouble to oneself. We speak in terms of vibrations, we speak in terms of cosmic vibrations. Uh, acid vibrations um, heavy vibrations good vibrations, bad vibrations we speak in uh, this language and use it quite frequently and it happens too, of course, in terms of meditation and practice one becomes aware of vibrations the very experiencing of the body is experiencing of different vibrations and as we begin to work in the body, and really open up the body, release these blockages there's a greater or more harmonious flow of the vibrations and we become more refined our level of vibration gets higher and higher gets clearer and clearer and when we're heavy and dull and blocked, the vibration is a heavy vibration, opening makes the vibration more refined more open now what can very easily happen is that one gets attached to a particular vibration and with that gets stuck on that vibration it may well be in terms of particularly light or high sort of experiences one gets caught or stuck at that that level or one feels one has slipped back and then has set oneself uh, an aim of recovering where one was but this path we are walking is a pathless path it's a trackless path just like the birds of the the sky, they don't leave a path. In the sense of growth, it's an infinite growth. It's not necessary to try to get back to this point, because one is growing like this, to embrace the whole cosmos and all the realms in one's being. And so, it's not necessary to make make the struggle or attempt to get back to some state which one had before. It's just a particular growth in a particular direction. It's not that one has to come back to that and then from there get a little bit higher. Because growth is breadth, depth, and width, length. Now in actual terms of vibrations people begin to think, too easily and too quickly, that they must be associated only with a particular type of vibration, and only in that can they grow. And when that happens, it produces in the mind, uh, attitude in the mind, that I must be only with these, and everything else, then gradually becomes a threat to one, becomes a a threat to one's practice, a threat to one's meditation. And if it is like that it would show a lack of vipassana. it is a lack of insight and understanding. That is, what happens, there is something in the mind which is built up on, comes up into the consciousness, and it colors the situation. This is a threat to me. That is a threat. I must avoid this. I must keep away from that. There's a fear of contact. one also needs to take into consideration that there are some things which one has to be watchful for. If if a person knows that they have a tendency to get themselves lost in something which is not conducive for them, for example, take a gross sort of example, the person drinks, there's nothing wrong with having uh, a glass of beer. But the person has a, a strong drinking habit. And in a pub, well, there's a particular vibration at work there. And in an Australian pub, a real particular sort <laughs> of vibration. <laughs> and the person goes there and there's one thing, one business in mind to drink. Now somebody, you have a friend who likes to have a pint. Fine, beautiful. And he says, "Well, come along anyway, and uh, and you can have an orange squash or a Pepsi Cola. And you know, you if you start to drink it, you've had it. You just can't stop. Okay, have another pint, have a pint, and you end up walking down the street with your arms stretched out in front. And so you go there. You go there in the pub with the fellow, and he orders his two stubbies, and you and you say 'I don't know.'" you won't be able to do it because the whole vibration is one of go on boy have a drink be a man (laughs) with the attitude of mind so the vibration is too heavy it's too strong the forces at work are too strong especially for the kids give me a beer (laughs) (laughs) anyway for the beer so obviously in some situations in some circumstances it is wise to keep awake either did but it is something when it, when one knows that it, it just becomes a it drowns all sense of clarity it's in body and mind and makes one dull and ineffective and stupid and so forth and it's like that it means that those sorts of situations common senses keep awake there's nothing to be got. But one should never go to the extreme where one is avoiding this and avoiding that. And people start to develop uh, an attitude in that regard, <coughs> of especially in terms of avoidance. Oh, do you see that person's vibration? Do you feel that person's vibration? No, I can't... I, I can't go there, that the vibration's too much. I can't do this, I can't do that. And the person, because of this attitude about vibration, places upon themselves all sorts of limitations. In spiritual life this is happening a lot. It's happening a lot, much too much. They place upon themselves so many limitations about what they can't do, do you know something? They are worse off than they were before because they are denying to themselves their basic human freedom of doing this, deciding to do that, to be with this people, to meet this person may not be so much known here but in the east and in some areas and course it's very strong and developed with a few people and they have just become they've alienated themselves from everything because they don't want to get the vibration and so in that enclosed space growth can't take place and it's just a nourishing a, a, a feeling of security in that particular group whatever it is in that particular group and the whole purpose of insight is to see into the nature of things to see things clearly, their marks, their characteristics, what is presented the whole purpose of training of vipassana is to see that you are free there is no hindrance and blockages and so forth is to look into all of that, dismantle it, it's empty, empty, empty. By, by the very watchfulness of the mind, insight and understanding. Again. Traditionally, isn't it? vibrations of of forces which work and operate around one are divided up into three main areas. One area is called Sattvic, another area is Rajas, Rajasic, another area is Tamas. And in the Gita, Krishna has given some explanation at length about this. And the Sattvic is one who is calm, quiet, clear, balanced.